Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take me down to the paradise city where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. Won't you please take me home? This is Butt Rod. Repeat the por favor. This is Butt Rod. What is Not- that? Always two there are. I don't know what you two are hopped up on, but it's going to wear off, and you're going to be very regretful about your action. Really? Now, here is Butt Rod. I mean, if you can't be at least mildly interesting, then shut the hell up. Matt Butler. Oh, Matt's going to be your shadow. Here's you, here's Matt. There's you, there. And your host, Rod Babies. All the girls and all the guys on the team, so they come into my room. Like, Rod Beat, let me get on some of them chicken fries. Thing. I'm like, all right, here you go. I am I, a I Negro. Yeah, exactly. I love fried chicken and white chicken. <laughs> <laughs> all right, welcome back to another edition of Butt Rod. That's right, we're back. My man, Matt Butler, back there twisting and tweaking the dials. Uh, I'm here on the microphone. You can always hit us up individually. Hit me up at Rod Babers. Hey, Matt, are you still at Longhorn Blitz? Uh, actually, I changed it to Butler in Austin. Uh, just like to line mine, but may switch it over to uh, our next show title. But haven't thought that for right now. Just going looking at uh, Butler in Austin works for me. All right, nice. Uh, that's how you reach us via Twitter to give us your comments. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain a little bit later on in Bud Rod. We'll discuss the uh, border war going on between the Longhorns, or at least some Texas schools, uh, predominantly the Longhorns and the LSU Tigers. We'll also talk about Bob Stoops' retirement. That was the biggest story in college football last week. Hi. And also the 2018 recruiting class for the Longhorns, which continues to be uh, one of the biggest surprises so far of Tom Herman's uh, early, uh, early, 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 year, early days here, I should say, as the head coach at the University of Texas. And Vince Young has an injury that will keep him out potentially for the first couple of weeks of the CFL season. And actually, it may end his comeback, possibly, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in the CFL. We'll get into all of that when we go behind the burnt orange curtain a little bit later on in Butt Rod. Of course, biggest story in sports anytime there's a champion in the big three sports that is crowned. That is huge news. And we have one in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors or the NBA champs. And Lifetime Longhorn, legendary Lifetime Longhorn, Kevin Durant, is the finals MVP. It all paid off for Kevin Durant. All right, before I get into kind of my main topic of discussion as it relates to the NBA finals, I think we should just kind of just, just random reflections on the finals. I will say this, and, and you know, people are saying, and I agree with this, the and I and I actually on the sports buffet we had a a, a, a memorial service. I, I gave a eulogy for the great Michael Jordan LeBron sports debate that's brought us so much joy and anxiety because we wanted to bury it once and for all. Because based on what we're looking at from the Golden State Warriors, these Golden State Warriors they're not going anywhere anytime soon. And to catch Michael Jordan LeBron James is going to beat this Golden State Warriors team. I'm talking about the current one with Kevin Durant. He's got to beat him a couple of times and. And right now, a capped-out Cavs team ain't even close. So we, we basically buried the Michael Jordan-LeBron debate for now. It'll come back to life like a Pet cemetery episode uh, movie. But it, 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 for now, I think we are done with it. I will say this, though. Give LeBron James credit. 
because before LeBron James, and even with Kobe, we didn't even have the Michael Jordan GOAT debate. I don't know if we had mm. as much with Kobe. With LeBron, even though he doesn't have as many rings as Kobe, which lets you know the criteria for being the GOAT, it ain't all about rings. But LeBron James at least opened the door for the debate. That is part of his greatness, is that we are at least having the discussion and it's not considered ridiculous. Yes, and back in the day, it was blasphemous it was to blasphemous. most, yeah. which still is just absurd to be so close-minded that you know something will be one way forever. It's the same way that Bill Russell and George Mikan were the best guys at one point. So, Magic Johnson Larry Bird. Exactly. So, looking at the situation more so, I was actually surprised hearing the conversations that at one point people were starting to concede, though, well, if LeBron comes back from 3-0 against this team, I'll give it to them, which is actually an evolution in the right direction. It is. I know it's outlandish for it to even be thought that it could happen. It was pretty damn like impressive to see what had happened in those last three games because it could have easily been a comeback from the 2-0 deficit if Game 3 had went a little bit different when they had that lead because pressure would have been flipped and it would have been really interesting to see how Agreed. Game 5 and 6 and 7 play out, but at least now you still get that debate like you said with Michael where some people always have the four grand. Well, first, yes, six and never lost. But then does that actually somehow insult LeBron's history where it's almost better to lose early in the playoffs than get to the finals? I think carrying some team to the finals for seven consecutive years should carry clout just like it carried clout for him to carry that team against the Spurs in 07. So it's a deep conversation between those two. And I like how now Kevin Durant has interjected his name into it because Anybody would say, I'd say over the last, you know, five years, you look, who are the two freakish best players in the league? Just, I mean, basketball, there are six, nine super freaks. One's a jump shooting scorer, one's a distributor, but LeBron KD, yet that conversation was never there because you had the MVPs around numbers and situations and other teams winning and being successful. And I guess Kevin Durant this past year looked around and was like, well, Well, hey, y'all are just counting it up by rings anyway. I will say this. Get them in rings, and then I can go and see if I can actually have a legitimate one to compare with those. Since since we're making like a definitive statement, LeBron is not better than MJ. We know that. All right, Kevin Durant is not (laughs) better than Kevin Durant is not better than LeBron. All right, so let's. I know people were saying that and and having a discussion. No, no, I agree. I'm not saying you said. I'm just saying people were. That's ridiculous, and people need to shut up about that. Okay, Kevin Durant left a team that became a playoff team the year he left them, and has an MVP on that team. LeBron left the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they were the worst team in the NBA after all right, but after they were a playoff team, went to the finals the year before that, they became a the worst team in the NBA and had the number one overall pick. So that's ridiculous. Okay, yes. LeBron James in three series with the Golden State Warriors, including this year, he's done something historic, even when he's lost. Yeah. The first year they played, all right, in 2015, he led both teams in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Never happened in the history of the NBA Finals. Last year, they came back down from 3-1. Never happened in the history of the NBA Finals. This year, all right, he averaged a triple-double in the NBA Finals. Never, ever happened in the history of the NBA Finals. LeBron is doing his part. What I think is going to be interesting is, and people are like, you know, and we'll get into the super team thing here in a second. People say, oh, the Golden State Warriors are going to ruin basketball forever. They're going to ruin it uh, because they're going to be so dominant. Um, And I think that's ridiculous. But... One of the things I think is going to be uh, kind of a fortunate byproduct of this mega max super team developing uh, the basketball monstrosity in Golden State. Uh, one of them you just brought up. I think 
which is very rare. We haven't seen it, but probably two times other than LeBron Durant in the history of the NBA, where you have two players who play similar positions who actually may be able to defend one another or go against one another one on one, who are the number one and number two undisputed best players in the game. Yes. Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell. Way back in the day. I don't know. I think they met like, what, once in the finals or something like that? I'm not sure. Maybe twice. Um, and Magic and Bird, and everybody knows about Magic and Bird, all right? Now, you have the two best players in the game, as you brought it up, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, in my opinion. I think most people feel like that. And at the end of LeBron's, you know, kind of career here, and we're like the last five or six years of his career now, his rival in the finals, they're going to meet on the biggest stage, is going to be LeBron James, and they're going to be the magic and the bird of our era. And not only that, guy, they're going to meet more times than Wilt and Bill Russell probably met yep. in the finals, and probably more than Magic and Bird because this is they're going to meet at least two more times probably in the finals. And they already had met once prior in the yes. previous. So this version. is the second. This is the yeah, right. the Miami OKC version. Good point. <laughs> yes, <laughs> with their other teams, right? So I I think that is this is re- what we thought the NBA was going to be stuck at for a decade. And being Texas fans, you knew LeBron. I mean, LeBron was a year younger than me. I've followed him since uh, I was 15 years old and started hearing about this kid. But then to see Kevin develop in front of your eyes and see that you have that top end potential. It sort of reminds me of how you said, Rod, for the past you know decade, you were hoping to see somebody challenge Tiger and be the Rory Tiger or something in Great different robbery, sports. Yeah. And with the U.S. Open coming up, that was to my mind. But when you look at uh, LeBron and KD, it's interesting to say because people are looking at, oh, well, you know, this wasn't fair. This team's just too stacked. They're going to go and take all the fun out. It's like, I will argue. Warriors needed Kevin Durant to win that series. Otherwise, they lose. And the Cavs are the Cavs some totally super team? Totally agree. Because, I mean, last year totally the Cavs agree. came back. This team is Cavs team's better than last year's Cavs team, I yep. believe. Last year's Cavs team had really good niches, good role players in a guy, a big man like Mozgov, a small guy like uh, Delhi to be able to defend on the perimeter. But you look at this team and how they played yeah. and how efficient they were and the ability to put up numbers. So if you do that, deductive logic and look at it it's like how can you say this team is so good when they were that close to possibly needing him to get over the top so it's interesting I just I love it I think this is one of the best finals it was so much fun to watch because the variance of modern basketball with the three shots going to allow for more blowouts it's just how it comes so, yeah, if you my team is hot if hot, you make yeah. your shots you get six or seven more points because yeah. you're taking the same amount of shots so the pace yeah. may affect a little if you miss yours it's six or seven points so what was a 10 point game is now a 22-24 point game. It's just variance that's involved with it. So we'll get used to that with society and we'll see more blowouts. It's just also the funness that you're like, oh man, they're down 18. They can come back. We saw the biggest comeback this year by Cleveland coming back from 26 against Indiana at halftime. So it'd be fun to watch this evolution of the game and especially these versions versus one another. I don't I think you're totally right. I don't think the Warriors uh, beat the Cavs this year. I picked the Cavs in seven originally. I don't I don't think the Warriors beat the Cavs without Kevin Durant. I think LeBron James had figured out something against that Golden State Warriors team without Durant. I think he had figured out, and we, we, obviously you can tell when he was down 3-1, it's like, oh, he figured out something. Started going to the rack more, being a little bit more physical, and 
even this year, remember, remember, if it not for that 11-0 run at the end of Game Three, yeah, all right, this this series could be totally different because you could end up having you know a, a two-two tie, or it could have been you know a three-one early on. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, I think LeBron had figured out something when you add Kevin Durant to the mix, and he was by far and away the best player on the Golden State Warriors team. Oh, so yeah. I agree with you; they don't beat the Cavs without Kevin Durant. It just doesn't happen. LeBron has figured something out. That's how dominant. He averaged a triple double. He was dominant. Even KD said it. So I think they they added him, and that's another compliment to LeBron. I know I'm not going on LeBron love fest here, and maybe it sounds like it, but LeBron's greatness compelled a 73 win Warriors team to go get the second best player in the game. That story of Draymond, so that they could beat. LeBron and the Cavs. Think about that I, for I a second. I assume you heard the story from Draymond. That well, wasn't the, even that story in the that KD KD says is untrue. Oh, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah still, so Draymond says he's, he was in the parking lot, and in the parking lot after Game Seven, he calls Bob Myers, the GM, and also calls Kevin Durant and says, "Hey, man, we need you. We need you right now." KD's asked about that after uh, that comment, and KD says that's uh, ridiculously untrue. It's fake news. So I don't know who the hell to believe. See, I don't Draymond, know if Draymond made it up, or oh, I don't know if KD is lying. I think, I think, it was think KD is lying. No, I think KD's lying. Well, no, I, and I think. I think KD's line. You know how KD sort of seemed to be fed KD up also with the said, modern media? He also said he never watched the NBA Finals. Yeah, I believe he said that he, was, Which I, he's also he's lying about because there's a documentary that shows him I've watching the 2014 NBA Finals. He also is lying because he, in a statement, talked about how he watched the Finals last year. And that's what compelled him to want to go to Golden State. So I don't know why KD is lying. I love him, but he's a bit of a lie. And maybe he just hates the media at this point and just wanted to move on from it. But I think I trust Draymond Green. I think he's a little bit more genuine. In terms of his emotion, he on his sleeve, everything's kind of written on his face, tells it like it is. I think uh, Kevin Durant, love him, he, a little bit more fabricated in terms of how he presents himself to the media. I mean, this is a guy that once criticized people for teaming up on super teams and now wants to be on one. Not that I, not that I criticized that. That was a good move. He should have made that move. But I think he's being disingenuous. And uh, along those same lines, I think he may be actually using, like you said, he does not like the way the media has treated him in the past yeah. year. I believe he caught the media in a technicality because Draymond actually said it happened inside the locker room, not in the parking lot. So he could actually be telling the truth. And just because the original port said it was in the parking lot, be like, no, that's not true. Either way, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, it, it's a, it, it sounds like fake news, and it was a really weird story for KD to deny it the way he did. Yes. I don't know. Very strange. Anyway, uh, I, I want to get to this, and we're talking about the finals, and I want to then we'll move on to some other topics, and then we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain. Super teams. It's become a big topic of discussion. And it's weird how super team, the term now, has become negatively stigmatized. I really don't understand it. It has negative connotations now, uh, basically because it's been misused and abused and propaganda, um, politically charged and politicized, whatever. And it's not the only term it happens to. It happens to a lot of terms, uh, political terms like liberal and conservative, right? Those are have negative connotations now, depending on what side of the aisle you're on. Mm-hmm. And it's ridiculous because some things I'm a liberal on and some things I'm a conservative on. Some things I'm a moderate on. Why has it got to be a negative connotation with it? That's ridiculous. Elitist is another term. And people are like, oh, he's an elitist. They're elitist. Like, el- elitist, all, all elitist means is that you believe the best and the brightest should be at the forefront of your society. That, yeah. that, the, that the people who are the best at what they do and that they are um, the smartest and who have worked the hardest, that they should actually be the ones who lead. 
Yeah, we all kind of believe like that. Even like something like Free freedom. Least. I have friends that like you know try to fight for your constitutional rights, but then people are calling me freedom fighters or social justice warriors. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know along those lines, or well, even politically correct is something that's bad. It's like it what? is politically <laughs> you know, correct has become a bad term. Yes. Like, you're correctly acknowledging well it should be called and not. I want totally to be sensitive dis- to other you know, people's, people's feelings. feelings. Like it's just hilarious. Yeah. No. No. Socialist is that like that be now. Another. Yep. No. Right? You're so, right. People, people think socialist <laughs> so is a bad like, thing. It's like communism. Yeah. No. No. But socialist. <laughs> listen. Social. We have socialist policies in this country. There's socialist programs all over the place. Yeah. Medicare. VA. Social Security. Your military. Unions. Yeah. Exactly. But. We socialist is a bad thing. Oh, he's a socialist, and it's like, well, they used to call FDR socialist back in the day, and that was considered uh, an insult. Yes. You know what I mean? Even college football, our system, all right, of college athletics is built on principles of socialism. But being a socialist is terrible. Ah, oh, Bernie's a socialist. They suck. All right, so some things become negative, even when the definition of them really isn't negative. And super team has become one of those terms in sports. All right, super team has become negatively stigmatizing. Usually, super thing, super anything is good. Superman, Superwoman, uh, Super Friends, whatever. So even LeBron now has taken offense to the term Super Team. You have this sound, Matt, where he's asked about it. This is actually after Game 5, LeBron James is asked about Super Teams. And listen to how offended he gets. You've been a part of two Super Teams, the one you have here, the one you had in Miami. Uh, looking at what the Cavaliers, rather the, the Golden State Warriors have done, are you still a, a fan of the concept? Do you think it's a good thing for the NBA to build these teams, how they brought in Kevin? And You get what I'm asking? Um, no, not really. I don't, I don't believe I've played for a super team. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. believe in that. Okay. Um, okay. I don't believe we're a super team here. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I don't really. I don't. Mm-hmm. You guys want one more question before I leave and not see you guys for a long time? I love that end. What? <laughs> you got another question for me before I leave? It's on. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It isn't as bad as this walk off that I'm going to go home uh, oh, to yeah, my the- mansion <laughs> and y'all are going to go. Y'all broke lives. Peons. Go back to Just, being broke or whatever see, that was, but look, That was classic. I remember super, that one. The super team there. I think this one, though, may also be another little niche that he probably realizes we're all super teams, but he's just like, this isn't different than what they've done forever. So if you aren't going to call them super teams back in the 80s and 90s, don't start acting like we're the ones who started it. Where That's where I think his dismissive nature yeah, comes well, from that in the question because I just think that answer he was confusing, like, though. He said, I don't believe in super teams. I never yeah. played on a super team. Then he says, this is a super team. So your, your, your answer is oxymoronic in itself because you – you say you never played on super team, don't believe in super teams, but now you're on a super team. So is he saying that the Warriors were a super team? No, I but his answer that. says, he says, I'm, I'm, I, I wasn't on a super team. Yeah. I don't believe in super teams. I'm on a super team now. So huh. it, so it's almost, I misheard it then. That's my No, bad. no, no. I'm saying, play it again. Like he, that's what he says. Play it again. You've been a part of two super teams, the one you have here, the one you had in Miami. Uh, looking at what the Cavaliers, rather the, the Golden State Warriors have done, are you still a, a fan of the concept? Do you think it's a good thing for the NBA to build these teams, how they brought in Kevin? And You, you get what I'm asking? Um, no, not really. I don't, I don't believe I've played for a super team. I don't, I don't believe in that. Okay. Um, 
I believe we're a super team here. Um, uh, what? What? So, no, I don't really. I don't. Maybe you guys want one more question before I leave? He's confused by it. First of all, first of all, he's offended by the question. Yeah, he so just we, 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 that, that's answer. my whole point of the rant. He's offended by it. Then when he's like, no, no, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Really? And he's talking about the most, one of the most well-spoken intellectual basketball players in the history of the world. All right? He's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, man. I don't even I don't believe in that. I don't do that. I ain't never played way. with one. I, You know what? I'm on one now. Like, what? Like, okay. not super team. We're just, like, good team. I don't yeah. know. So, I, I don't, I, I'm not trying to decipher and psychoanalyze what he said because none of us can really do that. But the point is, he is offended by it. I think we can all be like, he doesn't like that. No. The phrasing of the question. He's like, I don't, super team. What? Super team. So, super team now is a negative thing because I think what Le- LeBron has realized is the super team the term is now a knock on your legacy. Yeah. And you just brought it up. And, and I did the research on it, damn it, because people, in these, people these days love fake news and they hate to do actual mm-hmm. research. Super teams have been around forever. Yeah. There have only been 11 teams that have won the NBA title since 1980, since I was born. It's 37 years. And the NBA has not really been the bastion of parody. As a matter of fact, it's a parody of parody. Yes. Right? It, it's, nothing, it, it, it's a third world country where the elites and the blue bloods have always ruled and there's no upward mobility or uh, little upward mobility for the middle class or the lower class elite. That's always been the case. Yep. And super teams have always dominated the NBA. To your point, Matt, I did the research. Boston, when Larry Bird is drafted by the Celtics, number six pick, by the way, okay? And that's their own pick. Higher than any of those Warriors. Okay. He gets. He's playing with Pete Maravich at the time. Uh-huh. T- a tiny Archibald. Cedric Maxwell end up being a Finals MVP later on. Um, Dave Cowens, who ends up being a regular season MVP at one point in his career. These are the guys he ends up playing with. I think they they won sixty one games. Yeah. that first year. And then they got and later on. They trade for Robert Parrish yeah, and I was Kevin bring McHale, it up. Hall of Fame players who ended up being top fifty all time players. That ain't a super team. It's Hall of Famers all over the damn place. Oh, let's go to the Showtime Lakers. <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, by the way, forced a trade to L.A. He yes. wanted to get the hell out of Milwaukee because Milwaukee and his – I'll just paraphrase. He thought it was a little too racist. Then, all right. He wanted to get the hell out of there. He wanted to get to the one the coast where they were a little bit more liberal. All right? So he forces a trade. Years later, they end up trading with the New Orleans Jazz to get the number one Pick in the draft after going 47 and 35. That's how they get magic. And how about this? They won the title and had the number one pick the next year and got James Worthy. Yes. Because they swindled, I believe, the Cleveland Cavaliers. That ain't a super team. 100%. It's super team all over the place. The Chicago Bulls actually won the most organically formed super teams. All their own draft picks. Michael Jordan, Horace Grant. Tony Kukoc were draft picks that they just got naturally. Yep. But trade for Rodman. They traded for Rodman, all right, who Hall of Famer with San Antonio. Traded for Scottie Pippen with the Seattle Supersonics, I believe, at the time. And that ends up being their own version of a super team. Mm-hmm. And Miami, within, and this is what I say about Miami, why, why people started to describe the super teams a little bit differently. And just this, free agency. And, <laughs> you know, all of those guys were free agents at the time, all right? And that's cool. Wade, Bosch, LeBron, and Ray Allen. And here's my, my take on it. Because Golden State actually might be the most organically formed super team in the history of NBA dynasties. Yes. All right? They, they developed one before they this year. De- yeah, they developed Draymond. They developed Steph Curry. They developed Klay Thompson. All the guys that they drafted naturally. And they just brought in a free agent because they were fiscally responsible they with the salary cap. Guy yeah, and, they, and they went out and, yeah, exactly. And then they went out and got Kevin Durant via free agency. My point is this. 
People don't have a problem with super teams because super teams have always ruled the NBA. They've always dominated. What people have a problem with right now is the way these super teams are being formed. What, what fan, it pisses me off about fans because sports fans are all the same. They always side with management and never side with labor. All right? The reason that, that fans are pissed off about these super teams now is because when they, they don't like the, the actual players are controlling their own fate. That the players have the power now. That the players are deciding who they want to play with, where they want to play, where they want to live, what systems they want to play in, and all of that. That's, that's what fans have a problem with. But when the GMs and the head coaches of the Lakers and the Celtics are swindling the rest of the NBA, it's because the Lakers are just so savvy. Yeah. And the Boston Celtics are just great. It's the greatness of the Celtics. But when LeBron and Wade and Boston start to form a super team, it's an abomination. Yeah. When KD wants to go to the Warriors, it's seen as the demise and doom of the NBA. Please. You, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Super teams have always been around. You just mad because the players are the ones deciding their own fate. You're siding with management and not labor. Just like fans do when players want to hold out yeah. or when players are in contract disputes or when we're talking about how college athletes should be paid. You're like, no, the universities can't afford it. They should be happy to get a scholarship. That player signed a contract. He should just fulfill his contract. Those players have no, they're, they're not thankful. They have no graciousness. They have, they're, they're, they're ridiculous. They're selfish, and it's like, what? Well, if you were in their position, wouldn't you do the same thing? So, another example of the fan base, sports fans siding with management and not the players. You're mad because the players are forming their own super teams. Don't hate the player, hate the game. And I mean, we got into the same power versus the people discussion earlier about when we were talking before the show with Kaepernick's situation. It's very odd that this is an echoing thing throughout sports where you yes, see somehow people always side with the power and not wanting to side with the players, the ones that was like one of us at one yes, point. That yes. turned in. And what's crazy is even like the look ahead, think about whenever we got into the whole Phil Jackson situation back a few months ago, whenever talking about LeBron's people around him and trying to basically yeah, undermine the them because yeah. seeing that that team, those people, they have yeah. the power, not as much as the guys that used to be able to reign the power and sort of really in theory have the ability to collude and do other type of things that you really don't want to have around your pro sports. You don't want to have around anything and it's just interesting to see that the people don't notice until you... It, it's basically the filtration through themselves and this is going to take us back to the LBJ, the LeBron and KD theory. The, all the previous superstars were selfish superstars. It was a societal thing. They were still hungry to try mm -hmm. to make it. So the need to be selfish was there, yet you also had to be. You were forced by the power. You didn't yeah. have free agency. You didn't. They had the power to trade you. Yeah. Now, that's why the players like Magic would go out and demand a trade, and then they'd fire the coach if the player was going to get traded, or yeah. they'll trade and succumb to the player. Great so, point. you look across it now, why do they not like these guys? These guys are selfless superstars, yeah. and they don't understand that. We've never seen this, yet now you see LeBron, the guy that is always the playmaker helping to set up his teammates. He's setting up his 
friends from childhood, his friends that he's aligned with over time. He's a selfless superstar. What's Kevin Durant doing? Taking less money, possibly. And he's going to a place that is going to be actually technically what probably all basketball fans say that they love the game. They love the Spurs style. They love how the ball moves and all these things. Yet, when Durant goes somewhere straight, I mean, everybody used to rag on OKC strictly because it's ISO ball and it's Durant on one side or it's Westbrook on the other. And that was the biggest criticism other than no rings. That was the other one. So he's like, okay, that's the game y'all play. I like the game of basketball. I'm going to play the nicest style. I'm going to go out there and try to get those rings. I'll be the selfless superstar because the way y'all count them all matters about rings, not all the other complexities that really do allow you to evaluate the best players. So in addition to the power thing, it's very weird because fans watch it through a selfish portal they absorb and then get their own opinions and then really just put their own sensibilities onto the situation instead of looking at it selflessly which is why i think these superstars now are very selfless yeah no it is and i i know you brought the kaepernick thing i next but rod we'll tackle kaepernick it kaepernick deser- the kaepernick yeah. situation deserves so much time we talked for like half an hour yeah, in here yeah, we yes. didn't even get to like <laughs> i was about to stop you and be like dude we aren't going to be able to fit this into like 10 yeah. minutes so of I, I, I agree we we'll do We'll and get into what? NFL Kaepernick stuff next week. He won't have a job by then either. No. Okay. So, oh, so yeah, yeah, we will. It'll it'll, it'll save. It'll yes. save for us. Because I, I think I think it's fascinating, and I got a ton of stats on it, and I think it's worthy of discussion. I think it opens up a really kind of wide discourse to talk about socioeconomic and uh, other issues. But mm-hmm. we'll get into Kaepernick, and we'll talk a lot of NFL next, but Rod, obviously we're focusing on the NBA Finals, and we're going to go behind the burnt orange curtain here in a second. One other thing about the NBA Finals I think is interesting, Matt, and we kind of talked about this, uh, but I want to get into it. The NBA Finals ratings – are at a 19-year high, all right? So they haven't been this high for the finals, for the finals, finals. Not playoffs, not regular season, finals. So NBA Finals ratings on a 19-year high. But Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams, but the NBA regular season ratings were, I think, at a five-year low. I believe. I can see that. Yeah, and, and you know the playoffs were a disaster. I've done the, the first two rounds were really low. Revert, yeah, the NFL, NBA playoffs were a disaster because they were all blowouts. You pointed out why there are so many blowouts these days because of the three-point shot. Yep. Uh, and and I, I totally agree with that. But there were a lot of blowouts. And, of course, you had the on the western side, you had Golden State going what, you know, potentially like going 15-1. and one. They go fifteen and one. Uh, no, sixteen, 16 and one. And one is, sixteen and yeah. one. Excuse me, sixteen and one. They went sixteen and one. Tied the, the Lakers and tied uh, yeah. uh, one of so the other teams. That that means it's probably gonna be pretty boring because they just they're sweeping their way through. And even when we waited on that Golden State Warriors San Antonio Spurs matchup, Kawhi Leonard's hurt, Tony Parker's hurt. It just wasn't what we thought it was going to be. And the Cavs were not challenged very much either. So. When you look at that, to me, people are wondering, like, so what happened? How could the regular season be down, playoffs be down and boring, but everybody tuning in for the finals, and it'd be at a 19-year high? And to me, it's pretty simple. First of all, we all been anticipating this matchup forever. It's the first time that two NBA teams have met three consecutive years in the NBA finals. But here's my theory on why the ratings were so high, because I think they were, they were higher than last year's finals. Yes. And they were higher than the year before that when these two teams met. Mm-hmm. So. It was like, man, why? It was five games. And actually, they were lopsided games. Why the hell are people watching? This is my theory. It's hate watching. Yes. There's a great term uh, that's 
been recently, I think, come up with by the millennials. It's called hate listening. It's when people listen to radio programs and they listen to them not because they like them, but because they hate that person or they claim to dislike that person. They're almost looking for some reason to get riled up. I think they, it's they, really big right? in our demographic. Yeah, yes. They want to be enraged. Well, you know what? It's not only big in our demographic, it's big in political circles. Because I think oh, yeah. Rush Limbaugh is actually uh, where the term comes from hate listening. That's like, a good point. They, they say I've like seen the merging of sports yes. into politics, it's more Great of a point. fan aspect us versus them. Yes. So like they say like 30 percent of uh, Rush Limbaugh's audience hates him. Like literally I can see that despises him. But my listens. dad listens to <laughs> yeah. it. But because, like I, right? I'll even listen to him. the people because it intrigues me to yeah. see the other side. Yeah. And you know what I do? I realize I do it in sports. I, I do it too. Yeah. I listen to people and watch them. I hate them. I don't like just criticize on how stupid they are. Yeah, there you go. So it's hate listening, hate watching. And what people don't realize and I realize it because I'm a Star Wars fan, you know, and I hate to say it like this, but hate is often a more powerful emotion than love. It just is. Let the hate flow through you. That's why in Star Wars, they talk about being weary of the dark side of the force. The dark, the dark side of the force is more powerful, just as powerful as the actual force itself. I can And I always thought the force was love and the dark side of the force was hate. There's a thin line between love and hate, right? And if you're going with, you know, with that analogy, then listen, the, the hatred uh, in terms of competitive hatred and how it fuels sports fans. I think, and that's just something about our society these days. We like to be angry. I don't know what it is. I've noticed it. Twitter and social media are a big, I think, part of it. But because you also, you're outspoken when you're angry, when you are not angry, you keep it in. You're yeah. only going to vent. It's emotional reaction is going to burst out. Yeah, we like being angry these days. I don't know what it is, but there's something in us that we like rage. And one thing that kind of fuels that is, I think, social media. And if you look at the highest rated like sports teams, right? Four out of the five highest rated games of the NFL season last year involved the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The nation is not watching the Cowboys because they love the Cowboys. They love to hate the Cowboys. That's why the Patriots are also one of the most highly rated teams in the NFL. Not because people love the Patriots. They hate the Patriots. Yep. The Yankees are the same way. And that's why these finals in the NBA were so, uh, I would say, highly rated. Because... Yep. Everybody hates LeBron James. They've been hating him for years. You got a reason to hate both. You may hate them both. Exactly. Now people don't even like LeBron. They just respect him. They hate him. They just they still hate him, but they just respect him. It's like the he might be a Mountain Rushmore all time great player, but I hate that son of a. You know what I mean? And now Kevin Durant, he's the he's the most hated man in NBA now. He he took the place of LeBron as the most hated man in the game. So you got his hatred plus LeBron's natural hatred plus now people hate the Golden State Warriors. Period. And then people even like hate the NBA. It's the one pro sport that people are like. Oh, I don't like that all they do out there uh, dunking and threes yes. uh, no defense it's just a perfect com- right? little compiling you, of hate you got the kardashians on, on court side because of tristan thompson they're hated by most of america yes you know, i mean there's so much hatred that america had for this series it didn't matter if it was a sweep it still was going to be highly rated because there's so much competitive hatred to fuel people to watch it yes. they're not watching because they love the warriors and they're watching because they love steph curry and they're watching because they love KD, and I watch because they love LeBron or the Kardashians. They hate all of them, and that's why the ratings are high.
Yeah, couldn't agree more. Same reason <laughs> with the Patriots. Look at the Patriots. They're a big one in the NFL. And across the board, if you look at the powers, it always gives you that reason. It's funny because in sports, you only have – not everybody even has a team. But if you do, you only have one team. So if your team isn't in it, to have interest – you're sort of doing it just because you hate all the other Pretty ones. Pretty much. And you're rooting against them. Yeah. Like when you talk to people, it's like, oh, who are you going? Well, I don't want the Aggies to win, so I guess I'm going for them. Well, you know, what, like I, it's just like a throughout college sports, you see it big time. But especially in this finals, though, Matt, because people yeah. are like, I don't want to root for free. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Speaking LeBron, I never root for LeBron, but I'm definitely not rooting for that basketball Frankenstein monstrosity That's on the why West people Coast. Then right, I got to root for LeBron. Blowout so then they can <laughs> rag it and say it sucks. Yeah, so I was to say, in sports, like, you know, there's a great Wall Street quote that says, greed is good. Was it mm-hmm. Gordon Gecko? Greed is good. Mm-hmm. Great rant about it. Well, in sports, hate is good. I know it sounds crazy, but in sports, competitive hatred is really good for sports. That's what rivalries are based on. Competitive hatred. That's what Texas OU is all about. Yeah. Competitive hatred. Dude, it fuels sports. You're talking about that 30 for 30 that aired last night with the Celtics and Lakers. Oh, Not man. only that, but I mean, just the racial overtones of the time of yes. society in Boston being yes. such a city that is stuck really pretty far back in their time for being one in the Northeast and seeing how much that broke down to a black and white line. Like Magic Johnson at one point said, I had guys in Boston. Black guys coming up to me be like, yo, bro, give yeah. it to them Celtics. Like, rooting strictly against the Celtics because you're going to the race lines. And I've heard I've heard black folks in Boston who weren't big Boston Celtics fans who dealt with animosity because they were rooting for the Lakers. Yep. There was that racial exactly. kind of uh, storyline. Well, I mean, there. we just heard that in Crazy, baseball man. a month ago. They're still with Boston. Great point. So, yeah. great, great but, point. But, yeah, and once you start to merge those things, like, wait, oh, we, this whole show has been a merging of hate. Like, the way it's aligned in <laughs> Sports to yeah. society to it really race. Is. It's just you. a massive triangle, and it's just circular. It's go, it's, it's like time, according to Matthew McConaughey. It is, but it's, uh, it's it was hate watching. That's why the ratings were high. Hate watching. That's just, why everybody watches politics right now. Yes, nobody. I think, thank you. I don't thank reason. you. No, 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 no. That's a great point. Trump is a prime example. Listen, Trump obviously didn't win the popular vote, right? But during the election, every news uh, organization, every news outlet covered Donald Trump. And most of America disliked Donald Trump. Yes. But they still watched. The yes. ratings were still up. Why? They watched him because they loved to hate him. Yes. He loved to hate the and guy. he Happy got birthday, people President. to embrace the hate. Yes. He embraced right. their own hatred. Yes. Okay, that's getting way too deep. Now. Uh, that's the emperor. <laughs> the emperor said that. I can So that's basically a campaign. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, that was my no, that was right about that one. I, okay, honestly, one more point about that one before we go behind the burn on curtain here. That's why that Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather oh, fight yes. is going to break all <laughs> pay-per-view records because hate. That we is hate only hate because yeah. it's not even a good sporting no, event. No, no, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be it's going to be a terrible boxing match. I'm going to buy it. Yeah. I, I want to be entertained and I want to hate both of them too. You got a woman beater and Conor McGregor. Both of those guys are bigger than their sports too, yes. which is going to be big. But I always say that you know these days a lot of times you see a good trailer for a movie and sometimes. Not sometimes, a lot of the time. The trailer is better than the actual movie. You're like, Uh damn it, I got suckered into watching this 
movie because of that trailer, and that trailer was awesome. You like Transformers or King Kong or whatever it is, Skull Island. It doesn't matter. That's what this this uh, Conor McGregor Mayweather fight's gonna be. The 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 lead up, the trash talk between the two, yeah. the the you know the the, the press conference. It's gonna be great. If I were going to the fight, I wouldn't even go to watch the good. fight. I'd be going to just people watch because the crowds great and point. society is gonna oh. be insane during yeah. that one. You so you agree it's gonna break all pay per view records? Uh probably because of the spe- yeah, sideshow spectacle, spectacle for spectacle. sure. Yeah, you, you got Dana White who's probably the best promoter in sports today. You got Floyd Mayweather who's coming out of. And it, and matter of fact, it's gonna be Floyd Mayweather last fight. He's already retired. He's going to come out of retirement just to have that fight. So, got his last fight. And Conor McGregor has said, too, might be his last fight, too. Yeah. And talk about the hate mm-hmm. when you look at sports across the board. Like, this may be the first American-style event that's going to make it appear as if we're watching some soccer hooligan crap over there. I like, agree with you. It's going to be like it's a Russia wild, versus yeah. England soccer match in the wild. crowd and, and between And Mayweather's going to beat him. It's gonna, you know what? Mayweather's not going to beat the hell out of him. He's just going to play around with him. Exactly. Them. Mayweather doesn't Do beat the hell out of anybody. Always. Yeah, exactly. He's going he's gonna to play defense and beat him. He's going to beat because he's a better boxer, and it's a boxing match. Yeah. Uh, and that's the only thing I hope everybody understands. That going into it, yeah. Otherwise, you're gonna have everybody upset for no reason. No, no, they're still gonna be upset, man, because people want to be upset. We you're right. about but it'll be a new topic, just like That's how true. it was Good always point. a new topic. Like, oh well, he's not better than Jordan. Let's move. Or LeBron isn't a winner. Well, KD doesn't have that. It's always a new person to blame whenever you go. So we'll just move on to the next one. I agree with that. All right, uh, let's go behind the burnt orange curtain here while we still got some time. And they were all asking themselves the same question: What is behind? That curtain. Now, me and my man Matt have decided we are going to do a separate Longhorn Sports Podcast. Probably going to call it Behind the Burn Horns Curtain. Yes. Um, but uh, for now, we're just going to make it one of the segments within Butt Rod. But before football season starts, I assure you, it will get its own separate podcast. Yeah, behind right now the it's just curtain. butt rod behind the butt burn orange curtain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which but we could be uh, funny or a foul act. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry, Longhorn fans. Trust me, my, my man Matt. We want to talk Longhorn sports too, so we'll make that a priority right before football season starts. Number one story, Matt. Uh, Vince Young, the Vince Young comeback story, has hit. It's first big obstacle. Hook 'em horns. For those who don't know, uh, my man Vy was up in Canada trying to keep the dream alive. Hey, I went up to Canada to keep the dream alive. Before. Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams has and done it. A lot of long Kwame Cavill. Jay Charles is up there. That's right. right. Hey, John ha- is John Harris up there now? Uh, I think so. I think John Harris is up there too. It's, it's I think a- like John Charles was like an all star, no, whatever they call John him. John Charles up there. has been. Re- he was really balling up say, there. He's been on a team for like four, four or five years. He got now, invited right? to a camp like a year or two ago because he, he was so good up there. He did. Was he? Get, we went to the Bears. I think so. Well, something like that. I don't know. But anyway, Canada, uh, like I said, nobody grows up wanting to be a, a Canadian Football League star. Trust me. The CFL, I describe it, it's kind of like the porn industry. Like, nobody grows up wanting to be a porn star. It just kind of happens. You wake up one day, and you're like, oh, doing adult entertainment. I guess I have to do what I have to do. That's, that's the Canadian Football League. You wake up one day in a dorm room in Alberta, Canada, saying, damn, I didn't think I'd be here, but I'm here. It would be one funny <laughs> parallel, though, but you also do go to the CFL because you really love it. Now, it's true. You drop well, into 
into the porn because you really love it. Now that's funny. That would be that the one true. difference between well, the two. Well, I don't know if everybody in porn really loves it, but maybe they do. I don't know. But see, because that, that's the one difference. Not everybody in the CFL does, but I think Vince Young's up there because he loves it. He, so he, he may be it. that porn star that's still in it, but really likes it too. That is a good point. Well, it's hard to. My point is, it's hard to go from the porn shoot, uh, the porn set, to go back to mainstream oh, television, yeah. and that's why it's a tough transition for Vince Young. It was a tough transition for me. I never made it back. I got lost in the porn industry. Th- don't take that and run with that. Uh, but my point is he got uh, injury. He's out four to six weeks with a hamstring injury, a torn hamstring, and a lot of people think this will end his football career. I hope not because I know, he, I know why he went up there. I've had a similar you know, path. I, he went up there for closure with the game. He wanted some type of closure. And we all know Vince Young's story. He did not get any closure. The guy's 30, what, 31 and 19 as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's, that's better than, that's a better winning percentage. All right. And a lot of guys who started 10 years. I believe it's in the top league. 10 all time. No, it, it's, it's, it's ahead of Brett Favre. I believe it's eighth all yeah, time. It's unbelievable. And Minimum know, 50 starts. Yeah. We all know the you know, rookie of the year. He wins that. He had a very promising NFL career. And at least he should be a second or a third string quarterback in the NFL. That's not the case uh, because some of some of it's his own doing, but a lot of it's because he didn't go into the right situation. The head coach didn't like him, but the owner loved him and all that kind of stuff. So I think he wants closure and this would be a horrible way for him to get closure that if it ended with him just having an injury. He's a 30... Is he 34 or 33? Uh, he's a year older than me. Actually, I think he just turned 35, but yeah, he could oh, be okay, 34. Well, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> he's at 33 or 34. He's he graduated the same year, but he's a yeah. year older, so yeah, 34 or 5. I will say this, though. I, I'm praying that he comes back, ends up getting that starting job, because I want my Hamilton Tiger Cats, that's right, my CFL team, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who have the right to Johnny Manziel, Colin Kaepernick, and RG3. They own the rights to all three of those quarterbacks. So any of those guys who, you know, two of those guys we know very well in Texas, if they want to play football, they might have to go through Canada and they might have to go through Hamilton. I always want to possibly see a Johnny Manziel, Vince Young, Canadian football league game. That'd be <laughs> like, awesome. I know, and then he's aired in Texas because everybody in Texas wants to see it. Nobody else cares in the country. <laughs> yeah, he's That's what 34. I want. He's 34. Okay. Well, was, uh, good luck to my man Vince Young, and I hope I wish him all the best. Uh, second story that I want to get to, Bob Stoops' retirement. And I think it was shocking because a lot of people just didn't expect it. You talk about right. a guy who was inheriting, not inheriting, he was going to bring back a you know a Heisman front runner in Baker Mayfield. They've been a top 10 team I've seen in almost every way too early college football preseason rankings. And, and, and Bob Stoops is young. Is he 57 years old? He's not that old. No. Nope. In coaching years. And he decides to hang it up. I will say this. His dad had a heart attack uh, on the football field and died as a result of that heart attack. So that I may- did not know that. Yeah, his dad was like 55. So that probably has something to do with it. Mortality. I mean, mm-hmm. Right? Uh, he's earned a lot of money. But he, I got to say, this is one of the few times where an all-time great coach, all-time great has left on their own accord. Like, they just decided, I'm, I'm walking out, I'm leaving of my own. Sort of like when Urban volition. left, but the younger version of Urban, but he left with the heart issues there, but Florida. you rarely ever see it. And, you know, I sort of, when I first saw it, it shocked me, and then it made me think that there has to be something else involved that we may find out down the road. Because I remember just, what, two a year and a half ago, we weren't, weren't joking when it came out, but first with the Bryle stuff was coming out, then we heard that the mix and tape would be released, and we were joking, like, man, you, you could have two new coaches 
visit those schools this quick and then, you know, survives the mix and stuff. And it, you know, ended up not looking as bad on the university as some had thought that it would at the time. But now it makes you wonder if there maybe could be something in the future that we don't know about. Or I think one that aligns very well and very easily because you talk about getting older. You know, he has a family and a wife and he owns two houses in Chicago and right outside of Chicago is Notre Dame. And Brian Kelly has been on the hot seat, really thought to be out. So if the wifey loves the place in Chicago, you got a place in Chicago. And if you've been somewhere for 18 years in it, really, even though we know he only won once, you really don't realize that he only won one time at Oklahoma in those 18 years and really talked about how the last decade had been still despite successes. It's sort of like they were capped at that 10 win, get to a Cotton Bowl, maybe a BCS or whatever they call those bowls now. But it seemed like a plateau had maybe been hit there. So instead of getting stale and being ran out because you maybe be forced out at some point, uh, staying a year too late, like you said, really good to be able to get out in front of it and maybe be able to set yourself up that if a dream job pops up, I'm a guy that was from Ohio, love Ohio, and then you have Notre Dame right down the way. See what happens in there in Chicago and go from there. But yeah, very Lou, surprising. Lou Holtz always said you lose 10% of your fan base every year. If that's the case, then <laughs> you know exactly Bob's too. And I believe that to be true. I mean, look at Mac Brown on the 40 Acres and how beloved he was and how quickly you lose that capital yep. with fans. And I, I remember talking to Sooners fans, was like, I think it's Stoops has passed his time. He needs to go. And that was like two years ago. Well, in 2010 you know I mean? to now, it's sort yeah. of been a plateau so, to where I don't yeah. know about if he felt it's, he could get that peak. It's it, I I think I think you made a good point. I think Bob Stoops is going to coach again. I yeah. do. I think he'll coach again and I think he he knew I've reached my ceiling at Oklahoma. There's nothing more I could do even if I win another national title. These people here, they I've lost I've lost like 80% of this fan base already to the point where cuz I just been here so long. I it built like it up 18 years. Exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean? So I think he just like like Urban Meyer like you know, I need I need something else. Either I'm done because I'm definitely done here, but I don't know if I'm done coaching. But to be done here, I might have to be done with coaching for a while. Yeah, because you don't want to do it too late. Yeah, exactly. So I think I'm with you. I think Bob Stoops still may end up coaching again. And the Lincoln the Riley right situation. Yeah, right situation. And then he had the right guy behind him. It was almost like he had sort of seen what happened in Texas a decade before when Muschamp's coaching wedding, the 08 season, Mac has this idea that he's going to go and pass it on because everybody loves Lincoln Riley, and he probably does, like anybody, love the university that he worked for. And if you see that this guy is a guy that can handle the job and get it to him in the right hands, and it's also going to set you up to where you may be able to have a severing and go somewhere else without having it look like you know, you're a cutthroat coach just bailing on the whole fan base it's actually you're helping the fan base helping the team that you love and then maybe it'll set up your family so all around it probably end up being a good decision for him uh it probably did uh i i will say this i think ultimately it hurts the big 12 probably more than anything you're talking about a conference mm-hmm. with no leadership no direction a dead conference walk-in a lot of people think the nfl has no respect the for only the big 12 defensive at all. minded they, coach. the nfl has no respect for it. the nfl actually had the the NFL draft, uh, I think, is a big example of that because yep. you had only one Big 12 player drafted in the first round. Uh, even look at the combine invites. Mm-hmm. You know, A&M had as many combine invites, I think, as the entire Big 12 conference. Like the AAC had more or something? 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. The AAC actually had more draft picks than the Big 12 sure. this year total. So, yeah, the Big 12, in my opinion, is really, really hurting. This hurts it even more, and you just brought it up. One of the last kind of uh, defensive minds in the Big 12 is, you know, at least I say was, Bob Stoops. The only mm-hmm. other guy that's kind of defensive-minded, if you will, is Old Gary man. Patterson. And, you know, Snyder is an offensive guy. I mean, yeah, Gary true. Patterson actually is the only other no, guy right. that is defensive-minded. And people have lost respect for the Big 12 because they say the Big 12 doesn't play defense. It's a lopsided league. It's a one-sided league, very unbalanced, right? So now a league that was already lopsided loses not only its best uh, head football coach, all right, from one of its marquee programs, but they lose one of the only defensive minds in the conference. So now an already lopsided offensive conference will be even more so unbalanced. And how about this? I got another stat for you. With Bob Stoops' retirement, the average age for the uh, Big 12 head coach drops to 46 Point four. Wow. That is with the oldest Power Five coach, <laughs> Bill Snyder, being averaged into that. And when Bill Snyder retires, less. when he retires in about two or three years, which he will, because I think he's battling cancer or he's just battled cancer. Yeah. Right? He beat it. The average age, he beat it. Of course, he's old man Snyder. God, he's going to beat everything. Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> The average age would be 43 years old. That's that insane. would be, and that 46 right now is the youngest uh, average age for a Power 5 head coach. The Pac-12 is 49.9. The SEC is 49. The Big 10 is 49.8. The ACC is 52 and a half. Now, one thing you know about young people, what are young people about? Young people are about innovation. They're about, uh, you know, tech. They're about staying on the cutting edge. And all of the innovation in football in the last 20 years has been on what side of the ball? Offense. Offense. So now, all these really young coaches, they're all quarterback gurus. Lincoln Riley, Tom Herman. They're all, you know what I mean? All these young coaches, Cliff Kingsbury, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Dana Hogerson. They're all from the Air Raid coaching tree, a lot Even of them. Gundy. Right? Yeah, and Gundy. And they're quarterback gurus. So all they think about is offense and quarterback. So it'll be great for, I think, quarterback development and offensive personnel development, but in terms of balancing the conference, man, it's going to be really, really bad for the future of the Big 12. You thought we didn't play defense yeah. in the last 10 years, man, ain't no deep. Defense is going to become an extinct species in yeah. the Big 12. No, I mean, according to the perception, it's just going to get much worse. I much mean, you worse. just made it more of a finesse league, but uh, for Texas's situation, much better. At least there's some uncertainty for a time. You know, look at the recruiting momentum, all those different things that come with coaching changes. And somehow Texas seems to have momentum just continuing to fall in their favor. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, one thing I always said about Bob Stoops, though, is to give, give Longhorn fans hope about Tom Herman's uh, early success on the 40 Acres. I always said that Mac Brown. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You can't tell the story of Mac Brown without talking about Bob Stoops, because Batman needs a joker. And when Mac Brown came to the 40 Acres, had all the success inheriting a Heisman Trophy winner in Ricky Williams, number one recruiting class in 99, Longhorn fans were happy. They were ecstatic with Mac and loved Mac. He could do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Bob Stoops comes to Oklahoma, wins a national title in his second year with John Blake's players, and immediately Mac Brown's feet are held to the fire. Let the hate flow yeah, through you. Yeah, the fans are like, what the hell? They immediately go, well, what the hell is Mac doing? And Mac was yes. like, 
I've been doing good. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. I won nine games. I got number one recruit class, and it wasn't enough because Bob Stoops immediately put pressure on Mac Brown to win. They won a national title in their second year, and they you know, they they ran through myself and Texas to do it with that sixty three to whatever win. Fourteen. Um, and, thank you very much. I forget. Uh, but anyway, the the point is, it put a lot of pressure on Mac, and I think ultimately it made Mac a better coach. Yeah, I think Mac would have been really complacent and, and cool to kind of sit around. He get comfortable, but when when Bob Stoops wins that that national title in his second year, man, Mac Brown puts it into overdrive, puts the borders up around the state of Texas. Yeah, uh, you know what I mean. That's when, and then you know Vince Young, of course, changes everything for Mac, and then the legacy is different. So I, that's why I I, I I think about when I think about Bob Stoops, and also with that with that success early on, I always said this about Charlie Strong, and one of the reasons why I wasn't a huge Charlie Strong fan. When you're talking about blue blood football programs, college football programs, it doesn't take long to turn around. I don't give a damn what situation they were in. Look at Penn State. Yeah. If you hire the right guy at the right time for the right job, any blue blood program, only blue bloods, it takes about two or three years to turn it completely around. Because you change the whole workforce in the two, three years. You it, get it, your own guys. Does. Well, you know what? Even in, in the two years, you should be able to win with the players that John Blake recruited. Yeah. Like Bob Stoops. If you're the right guy, the right time, yeah. right job. Urban Meyer did it at Florida with Ron yeah. Zooks players. Second year, wins the national title. Harbaugh everywhere. Harbaugh everywhere. Right? Harbaugh <laughs> goes to Michigan. He does San it. Diego. Look at, look at uh, James Franklin at Penn State. Penn State! Of all freaking places, okay? They've dealt with a lot of things and yet turned around that blue butt like that. Look at Washington with Hell, Chris Peterson. Look at Texas go, baseball right now this yeah, past year. Go look at uh, USC right now with Clay Helton. Or you can go back to Pete Carroll right after Paul Hackett. Uh-huh. And he's able to go to a BCS game in their second year. If you are the right coach for the right at the right time for that job, a blue blood institution, you turn it around like that. And Saving I think, everywhere. Yes, I think Tom Herman is the right guy. For the right job at the right time, and I think he'll have really, uh, I, I think he'll have early success. I think he'll have a lot of success early. On, I'll just say that. Okay. Yeah, and I didn't even think about with the Stoops factor with Stoops setting down, and I don't think it's like a major advantage. But when you brought up the Joker thing, it only made me think of Lincoln Riley. But why wouldn't? Oh, you be like, yeah, man, the Texas down there, they got this Herman guy. He's a great young mind. He relates to these kids. Like, yeah, uh, Bob Stoops don't even speak that language. You don't know what and, tweeting is. It's a good point. And think about it. What was uh, Tom Herman doing? I, I, I said Tom Herman must be a he must study Sun Tzu, the art of war. Yeah, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, that's a, uh, one of the rules of the art of war is seize what your seize what your rival holds dear, and you'll make them amenable to your will. Plus one, minus one. Um, and Tom Herman's like, I think he has the idea that listen, if I need it, it's and I get it, it's great, but it's even better that if I can get what I need, but also take it from one of my chief rivals, then that's killing two birds with one stone. And go look at the recruiting class, 2018. They got Casey Thompson, who's got family ties to Oklahoma. They uh, the verbal decommitment of Cameron Rising, who was committed to Oklahoma verbally and now is one of the quarterbacks committed to Texas. You got uh, Reese Latow, who's an Oklahoma kid from Jinx, Oklahoma, who now will be let in because his charges have been reduced mm-hmm. from a felony to a misdemeanor. Uh, actually, right before run. Tatum decommitted to Texas and back to Oklahoma. He was also an Oklahoma kid. So I think that Tom Herman's going out of his way to say, you know what? I want to, I'm going to start randomly picking some of the best players in Oklahoma, recruiting them, and taking them from Bob Stoops. Now, could I find these guys in Texas? Yeah, I probably could. I probably could, but you know what? If I take them from Oklahoma, I can I can deteriorate their pride. I can I can really you know I can really like uh, kind of seize some of their momentum in recruiting by taking away their best players. Something Oklahoma's been doing with the state of Texas for years. Yeah, and it reminds me of a story that I just recently heard about 
Bell Belichick and Hoodie and how they got Wes Welker because they could not stop him facing him twice a year against the Dolphins as a punt returner and as a young receiver. So what do they do? They trade for their in-division player to get him to come to your yeah. side. Did it with Darrell Revis, too. Good point. Took away the best DB inside their Damn. own division to bring point. it back over to your other ones. And there's like three or four other ones that Belichick's done, but every single year he's done that and identified talent within the Buffalo division bit, and take away. It, it builds Just year. now made the trade. Yeah. Stephon Gilmore. You're there right. you go. So, yeah, that's something that he has been doing and deploying on a year-by-year basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's that, the hoodie. That's art of war stuff. That's like no, deep, that's, you know what I mean? And it's only a plus-minus. I yeah, mean, it it's makes the sense. same way. You yeah. take away from your strength. It's the same thing when you're watching baseball. You're two games back in the standings, but you if can I beat take, them. It's like yeah, the Rangers and Astros, Exactly. Right? Yeah. You give yourself a full two-game swing because then you get the tiebreaker. So, yeah, that's really smart, just strategic positioning. All right, I know we're running out of timer, so let's get to the last story. Uh, the last story actually is about satellite camps. I don't pay a lot of attention to these satellite camps, but this story is really interesting. So apparently uh, Ed Orgeron is uh, getting into border wars with Texas college football teams. Nice. Uh, it, okay, so... I love that dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, a- according to Pete Thamel of Sports Illustrated, on Tuesday evening, um, after political pressure from Ed Orgeron and powers that be, uh, the Tigers supposedly uh, resulted in a cancellation of a camp held by Bellhaven University where Air Raid founder and grandfather Hal Mummy he's the grandfather of Air Raid so I'm saying Hal Mummy is now the head coach so Hal Mummy essentially says he's unhappy with Ed Orgeron um, because this has cost them money um, this uh, apparently this development carried a sink cost of $5,000 for the private Christian liberal arts college located in, I think it's a Jackson, Mississippi or something like that. Uh, but some LSU fans are saying it's about the weather and it's not really about uh, putting up borders around the state. But how Mummy's relationship with the high school, uh, I think, St. Thomas Aquinas in Hammond had resulted in originally securing the use of the school stadium, but it pulled out for undisclosed reasons on Tuesday. Um, and there's been other, I would say, situations, other examples of LSU putting maybe political pressure, even going back to Les Miles' this yeah. time, putting political pressure on specific universities, on specific coaches to try to keep out-of-state influence from using satellite camps and from coming into the state to recruit. This is a Les Miles uh, mentality, a Les Miles philosophy. And Ed Orgeron, of course, is probably just carrying out the Les Miles mentality to keep up borders around the state. Malcolm Roach's dad is a coach in Louisiana. Uh And Malcolm Roach's dad apparently had a good relationship with Hal Mummy. And he said recently, he said, I guess we let the optics of college football influence the ultimate goal of educating young men and exposing them to a better life. He said the optics of college football has gotten in the way of what the mission of this thing is all about. I don't have any allegiance to anyone. I have an allegiance to these kids in my community. So he is a high school coach in Louisiana, and he's had to deal with public pressure in Louisiana causing camps to be relocated, moved, or canceled altogether. And most people are saying that the breadcrumbs lead back to 
LSU and Ed Orgeron because they don't want out-of-state schools in Louisiana. Yeah, and I know that recently, just in the past year, we had heard new rules and came out about the satellite camps and yeah. doing ones out-of-state and along those lines. And this, it, it just, I don't know, it pisses me off just thinking about, like, it, isn't it supposed to be about the kids finding a place to go and, like, so be a better say. player? Like, exactly. That's what they say. So, but they only care about their own selves. Pretty so. much. It's just another one thing about the power, and then we'll see what side the people are on in this one. But normally, it's like a, that's a, not a situation you want to put yourself in. Another thing to keep in mind is that Louisiana, uh, year after year, basically the last 10 years, is always top three in NFL players produced per capita. Yeah, in right, Mississippi so, and Georgia. Yeah, right there. yeah, you're right. Louisiana is just a hub of great football talent, always has been. And I will say about 10%, 10 to 15% of the roster is Texas. And about 10% of that, those Texas kids, uh, 10% of the roster is like from Houston alone, like just Houston. All right. And I say about another 5% are just from Texas. But LSU doesn't need to recruit Texas. They like to recruit Texas. It's, it's a luxury for them. But there's so much talent in Louisiana. They literally can lock down the state because they have no natural recruiting rival. Yeah. Like, there's no natural recruiting rival to LSU in Louisiana. Hell, for Texas, there's like five SEC. natural recruiting rivals just for Texas alone in the state. Yeah. There's A&M now. There is U of H now because Tom Harmon has turned U of H into kind of a recruiting power. Now when you go to, U of, you know, to Houston, you got to recruit with U of H. you got to deal with TCU. you got to deal with Baylor now, too. I mean, all these schools in Texas are now kind of randomly on the same level. Ever since Mac Brown lost his stranglehold on the state, hell, it's been like Game of Thrones to see mm-hmm. the best program in the state of Texas. So Texas schools are now looking outside of the state to find more talent because all of the blue bloods outside of Texas, Michigan, Ohio State, those Florida schools, uh, LSU, they are now coming into Texas and they are recruiting more players than they ever have in the history of college football. Just they, like you were saying about Herman, they're doing it back to yes. him. They're coming and taking away exactly. from the power. So Herman's job is to close off the borders of the state and try to keep the best talent in the state like mm-hmm. Mac Brown did. But it may be to the point where the dam is broken. It's just too damn late. You can't yeah. do it. It's impossible these days given the circumstances of the state now with all the programs being on the same level. Now when Texas was a national title, then maybe you can do like Mac Brown and lock down the state again. But it's going to be tough. So what? 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 Tom Herman said. Look at that 2018 class. How many of those kids are out of state? Yeah, and that's like the biggest four, thing about it's like, that's like five of his twelve kids are out of state. When when Charlie Strong was doing, people were like Charlie Strong was a sellout. He he ain't recruiting the state of Texas. He he's disrespecting these Texas high school football coaches. When Tom Herman said, "He's brilliant. He's figured out now the 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 trends and where the recruiting's going." Nah, shut up. You just didn't like Charlie Strong, okay? So Tom Herman knows I got to go out of state to recruit because you just can't get all your uh, uh, talent in state. Not right now because he hasn't locked the state down. Hell, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Florida, Florida State, mm-hmm. they're still recruiting Texas hard. Oregon, really hard. So Tom Herman just saying, okay, I'll get my talent in the state, but I'm also going to go to some of the most fertile recruiting grounds in the country, and I'm going to go start stealing guys. Yeah. I'm going to go start. I'm going to be a home wrecker. I'm going to be an habitual line stepper. You know what I mean? And I have no problem with these two. I think it's great. So I think that's what it's all about. And Tom Herman started this when he was at U of H because he learned at U of H that Everybody was coming into Houston to take in the H-Town kids because Houston is like the third or fourth best city for producing NFL talent in the country. Uh-huh. So he's like, damn, man, why is everybody coming in my city trying to steal my kids? If I can keep everybody who is talented in Houston at U of H, I'd win a national title. And he figured that out, yeah. But 
It's a lot of competition in H-Town, and LSU is one of the big recruiting programs in the city of Houston. They always have been. Go go look on their roster now. Phil, just from my high school alone, Lamar High School, there are about two kids on the roster right now. Yeah. Always have been a couple of Lamar High School kids on that roster. So I think that's what Tom Herman's looking at. He's trying to lock down Houston. Me and Craig, we always have this great debate about what's a more talent-rich area, Houston or Dallas. I always say Houston. Yeah, and, and the stats will back me up with that. Mm-hmm. Third think, and fourth in the country. <laughs> yes, I think Tom Herman knows that, and Tom Herman's like, you know what? I've, I've like most of my coaching career have been in Houston. He's at Rice. He's at U of H. So he's got a lot of ties in Houston. Not as many in Dallas. Yeah. So he would like to lock up Houston because that leads to Louisiana and more which, competition in Houston. Like you need to yes. lock it down in Dallas. You don't have the whole SEC exactly. saying it's our country. He's got Oklahoma and, trying to recruit Dallas. Yes, and then when going out of state, it only makes sense. I now I love that you just basically called. Tom Herman, Rick James, with the habitual line stepper <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. That was good. He is, though, isn't the he? habitual isn't line he? stepper, he, yes. This guy thank bur- you to Charlie Murphy this for that one. This guy bursts a lot of bubbles. That's what I like about him. He's a bubble burst. He's a, the fans, he's like, yeah, you know those, uh, these facilities at Texas? They suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? They suck. They, 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 no 17-year-old likes these facilities. Like, he, he's a, he, he's burst a lot of bubbles. He's Remember? He's, he's a, a truth teller. Sometimes yeah. when you just are uh, that abrasive and truthful yes. about it, that brash, it just comes out that way. Remember he talked about Malik Jefferson? He's like, yeah, he needs to worry about uh, you know, <laughs> being Less popular. Worry yeah. about popularity less and worry about playing more. Uh, he, he even got on Chris Warren. Like, he is not going to uh, pump sunshine and rainbows. That's he won't just not cater he to anything. Now. Yeah, and I, I kind of like that about him. He's coming in. He's stepping on toes. I think it's good for the program right now, man. That's why he's upsetting Oklahoma. He's yeah. upsetting LSU. Hell, even I, he's upsetting U of H fans. Like, I think it's really good what he's doing. I think he's coming in. He's he's a rabble rouser. It's yeah. not a word I use a lot, but he's a rabble rouser. <laughs> and then if you look Look at the, the out-of-state thing. It only makes sense. I mean, of course, you could go out-of-state 20 years ago, but now with social media, it's so much easier. The yeah. private jet network, like, he's coming from. I mean, think about where Herman had been in the last decade. He's down at Texas State as offensive coordinator. That's like, hey, you don't want to be in those offices. You go to Sam Houston State. You go down even at U of A. Now he has private jet network going around. He can sure. go do whatever he wants recruiting style and go after whoever he wants. And just right there on your phone, you're going to stay in touch with those type of kids so it wouldn't surprise me if year by year it may change but if the best kids are out there and they're interested he'll go get them one thing i like about him too before we get out of here is that and mac brown used to always say this when he was recruiting me he say man all i gotta do is get the kids to austin austin yeah. sells itself he said austin's another salesman for me like i i gotta get them to austin and once i give them to austin then austin starts selling itself to the parents and to their families the and school, to them the school he's like but i, I gotta give them to austin first that's kind of my job is to get and them that's to austin. why charlie was and, really good about the relationship too to yeah, get them to get to Austin. yeah and i think that one thing tom Herman does really well he sells the city like he's remember the h-town takeover yeah his first hashtag what was uh your city's calling you i mean know, he, he has first got grills with paul yeah, wall like yeah, exactly. straight up embracing Exactly. He'd be like, your city's calling. Yeah, he's got the screws and powwow thing. So even in Austin, go look at his Twitter. He's always put, there's a study done about Austin being the most popular city, Austin being the best city in the country. He's the one like tweeting it out and yeah. saying, yep, got to get here. He's got all this play. And I always say that the best recruiters for any team at any level, whether it be the NBA or in college, the best recruiters are players. Because there are no restrictions on when players can recruit other players. Yeah. All right? And go look at the Twitter account of the players now, like Sam Elliger and Shane Bouchelle. They're selling the city mm-hmm. of Austin. 
All right, a lot of it's like, oh, Austin ranked here. Uh, you, uh, uh, Texas ranked here among all other cities in the country and college towns because they're selling the city. And I think that's hard they're getting a lot of out-of-state kids in this 2018 class to go, man. And even I think it's helping Shaka. Huh. I think it's helping Shaka well, too. And just selling the city society. of Austin. Exactly. Yeah. People are moving here just exactly. to move here. Just not, to move like, here. not to go be yeah. like the most popular dude in town with yeah. the biggest party central next to the campus and perfect. Yeah. Uh, all right. That was a great butt rod to be back. And it's good to be back. I want to thank my man Matt for doing a great job. I want to thank all you guys out there for listening. We'll be back next week with another butt rod. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain, of course. Uh, everybody out there, have a great night. Great rest of the week. Remember, the revolution will not be televised we'll be talking about it right here on butt rod peace done done you have been listening to butt rod to get every episode of butt rod absolutely for free you can subscribe to longhorn blitz on any podcast app or you can visit the podcast page at am1300thezone.com it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.